It was like 1997 film. I gotta look who's in it. I know like big names are in it, and it's like similar concept. That's your thing, oh. big names. Have you seen Tarkovsky's Solaris? I didn't. I didn't finish watching it. Hmm. I should have. But... Julia looks like she has opinions about Solaris. <laughs> Julia, what are your thoughts on Solaris? Yeah, I don't have any no. opinions because I didn't watch the films. Oh, okay. Oh no. I read the book halfway and I gave up. Nice. <laughs> it happens. But it was enough Lim, to do my assignment. Uh, it was... Stainsaw. 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 Yeah. Did anybody watch any superhero films this weekend, which is our topic? Everybody, welcome to a podcast. Are we starting for real now? Uh, that was my attempt at a transition. I did watch a superhero movie. Okay. What did you watch? I watched Upon Valerie's Request. <laughs> Batman I'm not familiar Superman. with that one. <laughs> Upon Valerie's Request. Uh, Batman vs. Superman. First, let us all introduce ourselves. Uh, we're going to go around the room, starting with me. Hi. Why? I am... Why are you, why are you first? Because I'm the one talking. Okay. And I'm, the one, talking. And I'm the one directing this for now. Okay, okay. Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, <laughs> I'm Francisco the Film Bro. I'm joined with my uh, co-hosts. Nice. All of equal value. <laughs> Good. Uh, we hit, we're going to go around to my right. Oh, it's Julia. Apparently the Captain Peanut. Cool, cool, cool. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. What's your title? <laughs> if we are all of equal value, some of us are more equal than others. <laughs> that would be me. Someone saw Animal Farm. <laughs> Dr. Strykarski. The director of the Film Studies program here at FIU. Welcome to the Film Studies podcast. And I'm Valerie, but you can call me Val. And I am Frankie. Just Frankie. Mm -hmm. I don't know where Batman is. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What movie did you see? I saw Batman vs Superman. Ah, what are your What are your thoughts on Batman vs Superman? I didn't finish it all because mm -hmm. it's really long, mm -hmm. to my taste, but. I was up until the last half hour, and I liked it. You Thank liked you. it? I liked it a lot. Thank it you. It was cinematically very well done. <laughs> I thought it was a really cool plot. I'm not really a fan of DC Comics, but it was interesting to see both Batman and Superman and Wonder Woman as well in a film together. And the score was by far my favorite part. I mean, yeah, shout out to Hans Zimmer. <laughs> awesome. Hans <laughs> Zimmer is an OG. Yeah. Well, shouldn't we start with... Um, Oh, I'm not supposed Ding. to say um, Yeah, there, there it goes in the dark. But today's podcast is about superhero movies. Today's podcast is about superhero movies. And apparently there's been quite an uproar yes. in the superhero film industry. Recently, <laughs> some heat has been directed towards the Marvel movies. Heat, whose source is Martin Scorsese. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, recently in an interview, he... Is quoted as saying that Marvel movie, superhero movies specifically, are not cinema. Should, um, I, should I read the exact? Please, quote? can you please read the exact? Okay, quote? he said, "I don't see them. I tried, you know, but that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest I can think of them, as well made as they are, with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances, is theme parks." It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. Big oof. Just going around the room real quick before we really get into like what he means. What is everybody's opinion on the genre? Not necessarily just Marvel films, but just superhero films in general. What is everybody's opinions? I like them. You I'm like them? For them? I'll pay money at a movie theater to watch them. Mm -hmm. 
I feel like they started at a very like niche place and they've sort of like evolved into something that can be enjoyed. Mm-hmm. So I think it's like going somewhere. Um, I, sorry again with the, um, okay. I'm not a fan of them necessarily. Like there's a, there's a couple of them that I do enjoy, but it's not my go-to genre. It's not my preferred movie genre. Yeah, it's not my preferred either, but I enjoy them. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I wouldn't pay for, to go see a Marvel movie. I'll go if it's paid for me, but. Have you paid for, to watch a Marvel movie? I have in the past, <laughs> but I would not at this point in time pay to go see a Marvel movie or most superhero movies. What about you, Professor? They're despicable. Despicable. No, that's a that's an overstatement. <laughs> I was just quoting Francis Ford Coppola there. And they're okay. I watch them sometimes and get the kind of enjoyment that I think you can get out of a, one of those things. Uh, I'm personally... I'm conflicted about superhero movies in general. I feel like they had like a weird rough start. Uh, but we're rough start. I mean, like the early like, uh, like nineties yeah. attempts, like B movie attempts at like Marvel movies. Uh, but I think they've become like a real art to make. But uh, sorry to interrupt. Would you consider like those B movies to be the beginning of the superhero genre as we know it? Because I feel as though maybe like the Dark Knight trilogy is more of like our modern beginning of, of the superhero genre, in my opinion. Uh-huh. Um, I would say, yeah, I feel like genres go like through gradients. Like think of like a bell curve. Mm-hmm. Um, you have like sporadically here and there, and then they, they gradually become more and more common until like they, you, you hit peak superhero, peak genre, mm-hmm. and then you start coming down as, you know, it's the market's oversaturated. And I do think personally that they start maybe even like late 80s. Okay. Um, uh, or mid '90s, uh, and like ramped up, and you have like stuff like the Raimi trilogy of Spider-Man movies that was like 2000, 2001, I, I believe. Um, and now we're here, where I think well, we'll get into it later, but um, yeah, I think I think they've become an art onto themselves to make because uh, they're essentially like adaptations of like already like well-established stories and characters, and I think transitioning from one medium to another it's in itself kind of like an art because you have to decide on what stays and what doesn't um but it's it's a good thing that we all have uh like different opinions about superhero movies because uh asking for the for the the ones in this room who don't like superhero movies like play devil's advocate for a brief moment what do you like about superhero movies like what do you think works about them so or do they have absolutely no wait, redeeming the question values? is to people who don't like yeah, superhero movies what, what is good about what them? is good about what do you if they don't feel... like it they don't like it the better question would be what do you think they're doing well and what do you think they're not doing well in what they're lacking in yeah that's what i said i said what worked what works about them what do you I feel works that, about but your phrasing was a bit confusing <laughs> so I i'm trying to avoid translator. my ums and likes here <laughs> So then what do we like in superhero movies? Yeah, what do we like in superhero movies? I like the cast. That just may be me. Superficial. <laughs> I like the plots and the storylines. 
See, I don't know if they... For me, I I can't recall the plot of any Avengers movie I've seen. Maybe Endgame, because I saw it recently. Mm-hmm. Well, not even that recently. But I feel like I go to an Avengers movie, and all I see are people fighting and explosions, and the plot is boring, and then I just want to leave. Oof. Hot take over here. <laughs> uh, Frankie? I mean, but I, I like superhero movies. I can't... <laughs> Well, then just for I, everybody. Well, everybody yeah, table. What, what do you like about them? Or I'll say I'll play devil's advocate. I'll say what I don't like about superhero movies is when they don't like, let me see. Like, for example, uh, Fantastic Four 2015 was like terrible, terrible. Everybody thought it was terrible. And it was terrible. I thought it was it terrible. Was... And I like superhero films. <laughs> And, like, one of the main issues with with it was um, it took itself too seriously. Like, it went too dark, and, like, the previous Fantastic Four films never got that serious with it. And so, like, I guess when it comes to superhero films, if it's not, like, done properly, then it's just not a good superhero film to me. So then would you say what makes a good superhero film would be that it doesn't take itself too seriously, that it's fun, that it kind of transports you to different worlds, or is it, do you prefer ones that have more narrative and more character development? I would prefer one with narrative and character development, um, but I don't think that a lot of them have that. In my opinion, at least when I see them, I don't get the kind of storytelling that I would normally enjoy. And I think that's part of um, Scorsese's argument, right? That it's not really like these other narrative films that yeah. come out. He's basically saying they're theme parks. But I like theme parks, so I enjoy it. I like all the crashes, yeah. the booms, the bangs. The theme the parks bang. are themselves like an art and like architecture and like designing and just be- calling something a theme park I don't feel like is <laughs> um, derogatory. I'm not saying he's wrong, but I, I, I think he means they're like... They're less of like cinema art than other other like genre. Well, of course, that's what he means. That's exactly what he means. Yeah, there's no, there's no debate about that, is there? I, there's, if there's a debate, debate the debate is: well, are superhero movies actual art, or are they not art? I would argue that they are art. Or is the whole category of art just something that you know a bunch of prissy douches hold up as something that's important? And stop raining on our party with your old man tears. <laughs> so I actually have something to point out. Mm-hmm. While researching this whole debate happening, I came across a Forbes article called Box Office Superhero Movies Rule Hollywood Because We Ignore Everything Else. Uh-huh. And Scorsese, am I saying it correctly? Yes. Okay, good. He compares the superhero film genre as like a theme park. But in this article... The critiquer says that it's more like a video game instead, like an arcade. Interesting take. I feel. What's the so so what? What's the yeah, difference? What difference does that what make? What does that mean? It means essentially that, like video games, in 1991 cost sixty dollars, right? Uh huh. And now in 2019, they're still costing sixty dollars. While the average movie ticket was like $5, and now it's like $10, $15. So essentially what it's saying is that it's very similar to how video games and the arcade as an activity just kind of died out. Because 
once you started having home gaming consoles like the Wii, Xbox, that whole thing, mm-hmm. people decided to just start watching or, or playing their games at home and avoided the arcade because, of course, it's going to cost you more money and you have the opportunity to have it in your house. So it's a better comparison than saying it's a theme park because now with the advancement of technology and video streaming and on-demand, people are now picking and choosing what films they'd rather watch in theaters. Yeah, but people are picking and choosing to watch these films because they're they're built that way. Like, the first uh, Avengers movie is established so that there will be other Avengers movies so that people will come and see them because they want to see a new addition to the cast. And if they're comic book fans, maybe they want to see their whatever their favorite comic book character is they want to see them on on you know the big screen and so these movies are built to attract people to continue to come like to continue coming back to them because people like familiarity they like things that they already know and nostalgia and things like that so these movies are kind of i don't i wouldn't say it's nostalgia well yeah i don't not necessarily nostalgia, because nostalgia would be more so the argument for why Disney keeps making remakes and reboots, even though they could be doing other things. Um, but it's still familiarity. If you like comic books, you're going to want to watch a comic book movie. If you like a superhero, you're going to want to watch the movie about them. And so these movies are built for that. And so I think that that's why, personally, when I watch them, I don't feel like they spend as much time worrying about plot and and a, a strong storyline because they know that regardless people are going to come back to watch There's already whatever an established the next movie fan base is. is what you're saying. Yes. And this is similar to the argument that Sasha Stone made in Awards Daily about these movies when when she compared it to the way the other ways in our culture where our entire consumer landscape has turned into a series of familiar brands that offer the same kind of familiar experiences and that we continue to choose the familiar over anything quirky, unusual, original, or or unique. So it is like going to McDonald's when you're when you're in a, a different city rather than going to a mom and pop burger, burger joint when you're in that different city. Or continuing to, you know, one of the things that Sasha Stone was talking about in that article was she was recently in Portland and the most popular coffee house in Portland which is a city with a lot of great coffee and a lot of unique individual independently owned coffee houses. The most popular coffee joint in Portland is Starbucks because Starbucks is a familiar brand and, and presents the familiar experience. And, and so her argument is that this is of a piece with the kind of consumerism we now have in American culture. Superhero movies are one more symptom of this. We choose the familiar over something that is potentially unfamiliar, something that might provide a different or or new kind of experience and just keep rehashing and recycling the same experience over and over and over again, which I think superhero movies do. I'm not Mm -hmm. someone who doesn't watch superhero movies. That's why I go to superhero movies. I know exactly what I'm going to get when I walk into the theater. And even superhero movies that are bad provide the same kind of experience as superhero movies that are good. I honestly have a tough time distinguishing between bad and good superhero movies because they're all basically the same. They have the same structure. They have the same story beats. They offer the same kind of packaged content. It's 
I, I it's yep. very formulaic. I think that's that's my personal problem with them. It's it's just it really is a lot of the same thing over and over and over again. Um, and it works for them, right? Because people yes. continue to go see them. Um, so. But you can say the same thing about like most genres. They're very formulaic. I mean, the formula is formulaic because that formula is what we like, whether we want to or not, whether we like it, that's the only way that we like understand stories. Like when it hits those beats, like that's the only way that we like that we understand stories that um, that appear like any good story is going to have those beats. And you and if we, we can't like we can boil down like every story into like hitting those almost same beats. Uh, and not necessarily just uh, in just superhero mil- uh, films, but like even in like uh, horror. Horror has its own genre beats that it has to hit. Right, but I, I feel as though um, superhero movies have very specific ones that get repeated over and over again. You have the establishing superhero movie where all the superheroes kind of get together. And then you have the subsequent movie where they're going on one adventure together, and then the subsequent one where it's another adventure. And so this continues to happen over and over again. And I mean, look at how many Spider-Man movies Marvel has done. And there's also plenty of uh, Batman movies as well. So it, it gets ex- it gets exhausting. And it's not... You know, it's possible to break out of the mold because, I mean, look at Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. I feel like that succeeds as a superhero movie because it branches away from from some of the expectations. Like, every Spider-Man movie we've gotten before this one has been Peter Parker, and so we finally get Miles Morales. And so even if it's a minor change, it's kind of refreshing to get something that goes in a new direction and feels, you know, as new as, as that movie does. I okay yeah I agree with that 100% that like regarding like the fact that there's like so many Spider-Man movies and like it is refreshing to see something that you know goes outside of that but there's still something to be said about the films that do fall inside of that like formula of like the repetition I would say that uh the Tom Holland Spider-Man movies are also trying something different you know they're they're trying to make Spider-Man a lot younger for 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 one uh, and they're trying to also develop this relationship that we haven't seen before, like in Spider-Man, like in the Spider-Man movie, where you have Spider-Man not really living up to or, or not being able to be in the same level as like all the other superheroes. So you have he falls in like this weird in between where he's not really a street level superhero where he, you know, like he's not out there like just putting on hockey pads and like uh, dealing out justice. But he's not really like a global superhero where he can you know travel to different parts of the world and like fight crime there so he falls in those words between which i feel like right but that's spider-man that's that's what he is in the comics so it's just that maybe the movie has finally decided to to get it right in mm-hmm. terms of his actual characterization but i mean i i understand what you mean because i'm not saying every single superhero movie ever fails to you know get it right um, I just think it's 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 expected at this point of, of superhero movies to be really formulaic. And I think going back to, to why people see them, I think you also can't afford to not see them because it's such a cultural phenomenon yeah. that if you don't see superhero movies, you're out of the loop. Because that was me during uh, Avengers, not the last one, the one before. Infinity War? There you go. I didn't watch it because I just never got the time to go to the theaters and everyone spoiled it after the first week 
And they're like, why haven't you seen it? What's wrong with you? I don't, I don't know if that movie was good enough that it could actually be spoiled. <laughs> I mean, you have a movie where the superheroes lose. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> so, so potentially something original there, except even at the end of that, you know that the superheroes are going to win. You know there's another chapter, and you mm-hmm. know that at the, when, the, when the other chapter happens, not only are the superheroes going to win... But it's also going to rely on the cheapest trick in all of storytelling, which is to resurrect the dead. <laughs> which, I mean, any time you have a story that relies upon resurrecting dead characters, yeah, trope it's sucks. just, it's, it's so terrible. It just ruins. Death becomes meaningless in right. the universe of, of that film when, when, a char- when characters don't, when death is not final. And anytime you introduce that idea into, into movies, it's just, it's, it's cheap storytelling. And that's the problem I have with a lot of is with a lot of one of the problems I have with many superhero movies is that it's cheap storytelling. Sometimes there's well done cheap storytelling, but it's always it's almost always cheap storytelling. Even the good storytelling, even if you take a movie such as Dark Knight, which you know pretty much universally acclaimed as if you're going to talk about a serious or artistic superhero movie, it starts with The Dark Knight, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Christopher Nolan directed The Dark Knight. And 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 the Dark Knight was 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 a movie that was highly praised for bringing a greater degree of psychological realism to the right. characters than you had ever seen before in superhero movies, and to some extent than you than you have seen since in in, in many regards. And yet at the same time, look at as Christopher Nolan directed it, and Christopher Nolan he's got a lot of virtues as a director. I really like Christopher Nolan's work. But but he's he does not have a particular strength in realizing characters with psychological subtlety or depth. That's not what he's good at as a filmmaker. And if the most psychologically real film in the genre is one that Christopher Nolan directed, <laughs> I think that says something about the genre generally. You and it's not true that the only kind of art is something that you know, Scor- you know Scorsese's you know the the psychological attempt of a human being to you know bring another human being psychologically to life for others or something it's not the only thing that cinema can be but it is one thing that real cinema can be and superhero movies don't even try to do that for the most part there's no psychological depth in the characters or in the characterization they rely upon very familiar kinds of exposition, backstory, and so forth in order to in order to formulate the characters. The characters can be attractive, they can be funny, they can be witty, they can have something resembling a personality, but they're never there's never any kind of real psychological depth to characters in superhero movies. And it would ruin the experience if there were. I'm I'm on, I feel like that's the complete opposite. I feel like if there is a lot of subtlety in uh, character development and in characters in superhero movies that a lot of people like overlook. And prove go it. Ahead. Yeah, go ahead. <laughs> prove it. Okay, Explain. sure. Uh, like what? Uh, we have uh, a character such as Thor, who. <laughs> <laughs> if you if you get a <laughs> no, I want to I hear this because okay, yeah, but... I actually liked Thor Ragnarok. Uh-huh. Oh, Ragnarok was uh, among the good. But that, I'm giving that to movies. Taika Waititi yes. because he's just a great director. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would say that I will say that Taika Waititi was the one that got that started the train on giving Thor character subtlety. Okay, so go ahead. So I'm you have sorry, a character of Thor who uh, at first starts off like as this 
very douchey, very broy, fra- like Asgardian frat boy, right? He's all about partying, drinking, and you know, kicking ass. But see, but throughout the you started with a very like a very simple template, right? But as you started to go on, you started to see uh, more and more um, not only his relationship with his father, but his relationship with his brother, and how he feels he needs to uh, not only be worthy of like the power of Mjolnir, but like be worthy of succeeding his father, which is also I'll, I'll admit it's not a big part of the of the films, but it's a subtle part of the films. And you eventually get to a part where, like, he huh. has a moment to prove that to himself and others, especially to himself, and he fails. Well, in multiple movies. You have that in Ragnarok where he is unable to defend Asgard. And you have that in, no, sorry for the spoilers, but Infinity War where he fails to kill Thanos. But- and you see the aftermath of that in um, Avengers Endgame. Right, but then all that characterization like goes to shit in Endgame because he's just a big fat joke and then they make fun of his trauma. So any subtlety you had there is completely ruined by the most recent film. Uh, I mean, people deal with trauma in different ways. Oh, gosh. Good heavens. I mean, <laughs> you're, you're, rec- that's, you're just you're, tra- you're yeah. trying really hard no. to make something out of out of out of out of nothing. Right, because if we want to look at it that way, I Thor talks about his trauma or whatever, and then he's, like, slapped by, by a raccoon for it. Mm-hmm. And, is that coping with trauma? <laughs> and how does he cope? Does he immediately, like, oh, yeah, yeah, let me forget about my trauma? No, he tries to run away after that moment. He gets slapped by Rocket Raccoon and tries to run away. Okay. And I, then he has an emotional moment with his with his mother, and when she explains to him that it just because okay, he's failed doesn't mean he's the, not worthy. The, that superhero characters have daddy issues or mommy issues is not a, a revelation of psychological right. depth in a, in a character. So yeah, you can talk about these characters in, in broad outlines, and you know this character is trying to be worthy of its father, mm-hmm. but that's true in. You know, literature that's written for tiny children. I mean, <laughs> there are books that are literally written for, you know, six-year-olds that feature a character who's trying to be worthy of a parent and is going through, you know, all kinds of stuff as a result of trying to be worthy of the parent. That doesn't mean that they ca- that there's some kind of psychological subtlety or depth in the presentation of the character. In fact, there must not be psychological subtlety or depth in the presentation of the character in order for that idea to come through. And I think that that is true in terms of, you know, Thor's relationship with his father. Or you could look at similar other characters, you know, Star-Lord and his, I mean, daddy issues show up in, in, you know, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy as well. In, in in both of the both of the movies, you know, his mom dies. He's got issues with that. He's got issues with an absent father. That's there, and yet at the same time, if you wanted to make a movie, I mean, just just back up for a second okay. and say, I'm going to make a movie about people in space and focus on one character's problematic relationship with his father. Would you make Guardians of the Galaxy, or would you make Ad Astra? Got you there. <laughs> um, you would make Ad Astra. I would make Guardians no of the Galaxy. I would make Guardians of the Galaxy. That. Would no Guardians of the Galaxy. About that. Well, that's why you're the film bro. <laughs> because you'd make Guardians of the Galaxy. Excuse you. Absolutely. Excuse you. <laughs> no, because I feel like Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay, well, this, this is a different topic, but I think you can tackle that with a sense of comedy as well. 
It doesn't, right. have to, it doesn't have to be. I don't know if you've seen Asher. That movie is not comical no, at all. No, you, super you, sad. <laughs> but for example, um, Honey Boy, which was just showing at Gems, is about Shia LaBeouf's horribly abusive like relationship with his father, and it's still funny but poignant. And so th- it's definitely possible to do that, but I don't think Guardians of the Galaxy is the answer. Do you think Honey Boy falls closer to Ad Astra than to Guardians of the Galaxy? No, I'm I'm not saying it's either of those things. I'm just saying that you're arguing that you can handle those things with comedy, and I'm saying you absolutely mm-hmm. can, but I don't think that the point of Guardians of the Galaxy is to necessarily explore that. I feel like you're it's, it's, it's the framework on that 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 is the you need to have a plot. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, so it's a plot. And so here's a plot that we can use that works and use as the coat hanger to throw a bunch of characters out into space, have them get into some sort of fight at the end of the first act. When things settle down at the end of the first act, have them meet a couple of new characters, have have witty dialogue and interactions reach some sort of of absolute nadir at the end of the second act, have some kind of heroic speech where someone says, you know, we're going to figure out a way to do good things at the <laughs> end of that nadir at the second act, organize themselves and get go into the third act and end in some kind of climactic battle where good defeats evil. So Those you, there's that, there's the, you have that structure. And so you need a little bit more. Okay, so we'll do it in a, in a way that's like shows this character lost a parent because that will automatically trigger emotional investment. It's a cheap <laughs> trigger. It's not oh, an earned trigger. Mm-hmm. So a parent, a child who loses a parent, immediate pathos. And so immediately we sympathize with a character who has lost a parent. And that's what it's being used for. It's not being used in order to seriously explore, well, what is it right. like to lose a parent? Right, exactly. All right, well, let me let me throw a curveball at you. Have you seen the movie Logan? Yes. Yeah. Also a superhero film. What Logan you, is good though. <laughs> what about what? <laughs> what are you, what are your thoughts on Logan? Logan is the rare superhero movie yeah. that I would say, yeah, you know what? That actually is trying to do something more than be a superhero movie. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Agreed. Yeah. I mean, I'm not gonna. You see the difference between Logan and Guardians of the Galaxy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do. <laughs> Which That's is, the and there's here. nothing wrong with Guardians of the Galaxy, right? But I, I love, I you know, I saw both of the Guardians movies in a theater actually, and it was a wonderful experience. Right. And but after I, it was over. I went home and completely forgot about everything that happened exactly. because that's what a typical superhero movie offers, yeah. and that's just. So is that what they're designed for? Yeah, to sell of tickets course. and to offer an experience. Yes. Of course, um, yes. Which is and what amusement parks. parks do. So <laughs> I, I realize, <laughs> I realize, QED. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I realize, I can't argue with both of you at the same time. So I'm going to throw another <laughs> curveball. Go ahead. What are your thoughts to the table about? Batman versus Superman. Oh, are you, you're just trying to turn us against each uh-huh. other? Yeah, no, that's, that's good. It's, 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 uh, he's, he's Lex Luthering us yeah. now. Okay. Yeah, okay. Can I make an argument in terms of like the whole, because we were talking about psychological depth and, yeah. and things like that. Yeah. That's part of the reason I, I enjoyed Batman versus Superman, because I think it introduced a version of Bruce Wayne that I mm-hmm. personally enjoy more, because you get this Bruce Wayne who is clearly, you know, traumatized 
due to the loss of his parents, which uh, the lesson here is that all superheroes have mommy and daddy issues. Um, but he's traumatized <laughs> by the loss of his parents. He's not coping it like with it well because he's an alcoholic and he's extremely violent throughout this movie. And so, and this is the big, whenever I talk about this movie, everyone's like the Martha scene. That's what sucks about it. This is, that's what ruins the movie. But I have to argue that when, um, when Superman mentions his mom, that triggers Bruce Wayne, Batman, <laughs> to to kind of realize the the gravity of the situation for this for the for Superman and to kind of see him as a human being and not just like a violent alien that's you know destroying the planet. And so I, I know that there's already going to be arguments that will say that I'm wrong, but you are. No, Come on. <laughs> no, no, I, no, but no, I think no. that there's there there's psychological depth here. Uh, sorry, we had some technical difficulties there, but uh, you were talking about the. <laughs> it's not funny. The the Martha scene, right? Just I I I enjoyed Batman versus Superman because I think that there was this kind of portrayal of of Bruce Wayne that wasn't just you know like any other superhero movie. I feel like there was some psychological depth there for me at least. And I think the the Martha scene was kind of emblematic of that for the movie. I know everybody hates that part, but I thought for me, it was, it kind of showed a realistic reaction to something that was triggering to him. Um, and like, I won't go into depth, but I have my own struggles with PTSD and trauma. And it, it's kind of realistic that something like that would, would trigger you to, to kind of completely stop and, 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 kind of knock you off your balance when when you get faced with something like that uh, uh you you bring up an important i feel like it's an important um aspect of watching superhero movies you said that well you you admitted you have some knowledge to like the comic book mm-hmm. storylines yes. do you guys think it's necessary to have that comic book comic book knowledge when watching superhero movies do you think you would have gotten as much enjoyment out of batman vs superman if you didn't know too much about Bruce Wayne? Right. So this is where I agree with you. I don't think that you should have to have comic book knowledge to enjoy a movie. And I think that part of the problem with Batman versus Superman is that I feel that you do kind of have to have some basis in the comic books to completely enjoy everything about it. And so, and I, I agree that that's a fault with the movie. Um, so yeah, I, I don't think that you should have to read the comic books to enjoy a superhero movie. But if you are a comic book fan, it can also be you know, a delight to go see a movie that reflects what your interpretations of the comic books are like and, and things like that. Frankie? Uh, I don't have nothing else to add. <laughs> I mean, I also enjoyed the Martha scene. I thought it was like... I feel so vindicated. <laughs> like, come on. It was... I enjoyed it too, and I don't have any comic book knowledge while watching it, and I it really was... You expect something from Bruce Wayne and from Batman, and then just... By Superman saying Martha, he immediately stopped in his tracks, and that's like, it's very realistic. It's a realistic yeah, like, reaction to to a tra- like a triggering phrase yeah. or to trauma. Do you? I don't think it's realistic for somebody to name their mom like that. I've, like, name their this, mom uh, Martha? <laughs> what? <laughs> no, not name their mom Martha, but like he he in that scene it's specifically. It's really that scene, unrealistic for anyone to name their mom Martha. Period. No, no I mean, period. I you know whatever. Well, in the sense of, like, he talks to Batman as if Batman knows who Martha is. Because he says they have Martha. Like, okay. And I understand that that's what, tri- like, using the name is what triggers. I get that. 
But the whole scene seems super, super, super contrived. And I feel like that was such a cheap way to connect the two characters. Okay. There's, they have so much more that you could go off of, but you have them connect because their mothers have the same name. And I also understand that they uh, have close relationship with their with their, right, with their but parents. That scene but like, humanizes Superman, Superman for like, him because up until this point, he doesn't really see him as a as another human being. He's just he's, an alien destroying right, the and planet. a monster. But in that in that moment, he's he can s- sympathize with him or empathize with him, and and that's what you know kind of pushes him away from the situation and, and changes. There's a shift in, in his character at that point. Mm-hmm. Me me speaking from my comic book knowledge experience, which I, I do think I would have enjoyed Batman vs. Superman specifically a lot more if I didn't know about the comics or if I didn't know too much about like the Batman and Superman myth- mythos. But I feel like, because ultimately you're going to compare the characters you see on screen with the characters you have read about and you know about. And I think that the, uh, specifically in Batman vs Superman, they deviated too much from the characters, and but isn't that expected from an adaptation? To devi- no, not to deviate so far to you like miss the entire point of the characters. For example, Batman, uh, they missed the entire point of what Batman's supposed to be. I feel like their Bruce Wayne was great. Their Bruce Wayne, I their portrayal of Bruce Wayne was great. Uh, you're you okay with Batman like killing people? I'll go there. So I'll go I've, there. I, I okay. Here's my thing, and I said this. We, we spoke about this before. Um, but the the reason that Bruce Wayne acts the way he does, and this is why I agree that you shouldn't have to have pre, like prior knowledge of the comic books before seeing the movie, mm-hmm. but it's implied that Batman versus Superman takes place after the death of one of the Robins. And canonically in comic books, if, we're, if we look at the comic books, it, after Jason Todd dies, he's one of the Robins. Um, Bruce Wayne kind of loses his mind and gets really aggressive and really angry and and kind of goes, you know, that kind of dark side where he he doesn't kill beforehand. Goes batshit. He goes batshit. But exactly. does, does he kill? Does he kill? I, I don't I don't know. Uh, I you know, but but I don't think that I think people are too when when Batman knocks somebody out of their car or like out of a building in whatever other Batman movie or whatever media that Batman has is in. Are, are we sure that they're not dying in a hospital somewhere? I will, like I will agree that <laughs> I will agree that we we oversee the fact that Batman does horribly maim almost everybody. He comes exactly to like he he horribly maims uh, street level criminals who were probably you know like stealing out of necessity or something, and then he just like goes and like breaks their necks or something. Uh, I get that, but again, I feel like. You, you can't deviate too far but then, from... But look at all the Spider-Man movies that make him older and or, or don't really fall. Like you were talking just now that the newer Spider-Man uh, series with Tom Holland kind of goes back to that younger uh, Peter Parker. But there's all these other movies that don't get him right and change his character. They're deviating a lot. <laughs> You know, so you you can't make an argument for one and not for the other. I think it's just a with adaptations, there's going to be changes. Some are going to be more drastic than others. Agreed. Well, we are reaching the end of this podcast of our time here, and oh, I don't know if this is a good place to stop. No. We're gonna leave it in like in a hot like hot area where we, if you guys can 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 comment on these podcasts. No. Can what? Can can be, uh, our our audience comment on these podcasts? No. No, they can't. Well, send me a personal email. <laughs> <laughs> send your, us all emails. We'll post our email here. I um, 
I don't want my email <laughs> there. Uh, but uh, do you guys think, last couple of questions, do you guys think we are reaching the end of the superhero genre? Like, no. No? You don't think so? Yes, thank God. Yes, from the traditional, but no, because I feel like there's going to be different versions of the superhero. Mm-hmm. But from like the traditional formulaic that we've seen in the past, what, 10 years? And yes. Mm-hmm. If I had to say, um, referencing what the professor said about the Dark Knight being the pinnacle of superhero films, um, I feel like there will be a film that reaches that level. But of course, it's like, it's still evolving in a way. It's going to take a lot of fails to get one right. I think (laughs) that's what Joker was trying to do. Yes. Yeah, that's clearly what the Joker was trying to do. And... But then Todd Phillips. The is question is: <laughs> is there's is there going to be enough leeway granted to directors of superhero movies in order to allow that failure and allow the kind of artistic development that you're talking about, Frankie? And to me, the it's it, I don't see it because these, as I said, these are brands, and and the movies are brand management, and these are not artistic endeavors these are money-making endeavors and the brands make money and so you know this was also a response to your question seems to me uh, to me at least that uh until there is widespread box office failure of superhero movies they're going to keep churning out the same product that they've been churning out because it you know reliably makes money there are a ton of screens out there in the country <laughs> the, 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 you know movie theaters want something on those screens and the thing that they want on the screens are things that are going to draw in audiences and superhero movies to this point have reliably done that and i don't see them changing the formula excuse me unless and until superhero movies stop doing that and i think that they'll throw out an occasional joker or something like that because that, you know, Logan, something like that, because that, you know, helps to give a sense of, well, there is artistic merit to this genre. Um, and so there's there's like a little curveball that, that, that changes things up. And, and, you know, wonderful. Yet at the same time, how good is the Joker as an investigation of what it's investigating <laughs> As opposed to if you were just making a movie and said, here's what I, here's, you know, I want to look at the descent of a mentally ill person who, you know, has been ostracized by society and failed by social services. If you wanted to make a movie about that subject, you wouldn't make the Joker, you know, you would end up making a very different movie. Mm -hmm. So I do think that, I mean, you'll see serious superhero movies, but... I just made air quotes, serious. (laughs) You'll see serious superhero movies, and yet at the same time, even in being serious, when you really think about the subjects that they're dealing with in comparison to how those subjects are dealt with in what I would call cinema, excuse me (laughs) for being a snobby douche, but what I would call cinema, I think there's, there's still a world of difference between those two things. I think I as long as people will continue to buy tickets for superhero films, they'll still continue churning them out. Right. That's mm-hmm. why that's why most of our box office is made up of, you know, superhero movies, reboots, sequels, because right. these these movies are guaranteed to make money and people are gonna keep seeing them. So there's no reason not to do them. Well that might be a good topic for another podcast. Our audience is bad. <laughs> our what? Our audience, audience is bad. bad. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> we'll save it. 
Um, uh, personally, I think I think we are seeing like the start of the decline of the superhero genre, like in the bell curve, especially with the end of like the whole cinematic MCU. MCU, like the end of like the Infinity so Gauntlet. Bad. There were so many. It was very exhausting watching. I enjoyed watching all of them. It was just you watched all of them. I watched. They all put of me them. to sleep. Wow. I also watched all mostly of them. Mo- all of my friends are Marvel comic book fans. So uh, like, we're gonna go and I didn't pay for right. the ticket. Sometimes it's unavoidable. So I went and I watched all of them. I but mean, sometimes you have to watch Ant Man. You know? <laughs> I didn't watch Ant Man. Oh, so you didn't see them all? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. But I didn't well, watch. Oh, good. I watched all it right. later on, right. so it was on Netflix. Oh, you did. So you did see Ant Man then? But not in not, not in theaters. theaters. Okay. Oh yeah, in theaters, Batman was pretty bad. There's oh, a few. I, I did. I did like see Infinity like War and and what was the other one? <laughs> Endgame. Endgame. Yes, I saw both of those. I in just theaters. saw Endgame. I didn't even see Infinity War. <laughs> one last thing I want to mention. I feel like there's since I get to control this podcast in editing. I feel like there's something very artistic or like there's something very difficult about writing 22 characters and counting into a single movie. Like I agree. That's, that's, I think that there's a that's, takes skill a lot of skill. That's very hard. You know, that's super hard to do. And I think uh, the Russo brothers, the ones that they write the last two movies, you think. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you know, that's for, but for that's me. That's why, cinema. For me, that's why the the plot comes second, and it's it's not as strong as as most or or other you know narrative forms of or narrative movies. Because you're people, they're so concerned with sticking twenty characters on your screen that you have to be more concerned about how am I going to make this person like show up on screen versus let yeah. me write a good exactly plot right right. <laughs> so that's, you can say that the point. yeah you can say that it's there's something about sticking twenty people or mm-hmm. 10, 20 characters on a screen, but that's for me the exact problem <laughs> with so superhero movies. Having too many characters may attract a lot of audiences, but Maybe 22 is too much. <laughs> it definitely is. I think it was too much. I think but it was I still just the, the right amount. It's <laughs> <laughs> <was> just right. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, everybody, uh, for, you know, sharing your thoughts on the, on the topic. This is not the end of the podcast. We still oh, have. Okay. I was going to ask about it. Uh, okay. st- stick with us for our last five minutes where we'll have the, uh, our, me, the resident film bro, uh, try a little, a little game show type deal with the rest of the hosts. But uh, thank you for listening to the main part of the podcast and uh, have a good rest of your day. Welcome to 5 Minutes with the Film Bro. Yo, chill! Hey, if you're still listening. <laughs> you're people to that was a terrible listening. transition. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is the, yeah, we'll, we'll work on yeah, it. Yeah, you got to work on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> these are the five minutes with the film, bro. I'll try to see if I can actually keep to five minutes on this. Um, Do you have a sound effect? And go- yeah, we need sound effects. That's Yo, all in the editing. Chill. That's all. Yo, chill. That's all in the editing. Um, so <laughs> I have a few movies with me gathered or if I've condensed the plot of these movies to their most basic, basic the broken sentences that I could. Will these be superhero themed? Uh, I can't. Not. I feel like that gives away too much. Uh, some of them are. Some this of them aren't. It's the podcast. superhero episode. You yeah, should but have I feel superhero like, movies. But if I do superhero movies, oh, you guys are going to get it like, wanted to immediately. Stand he wanted to okay, be the main right. host, so we'll just let him have his five minutes right. of fame. I'll, okay. start, I'll start off with... Uh, so uh, I'm going to give them... I'm going to read out uh, this little snippet that I've made. And they have to try to guess or decipher 
you know, my enigma uh, and name the movie I'm talking about. Uh, you guys ready? Sure. Do we get a prize? Uh, you get a crisp high five. Okay, cool. What about a crisp five dollar bill? That works for me. I love a good high five. What about a crisp five dollar bill? You take it up with my bank. Um, Okay, here we go. Handicapped man manages to hold down a full-time job while dishing out street justice. Daredevil? Which one? Which one? The handicapped man. Daredevil's handicapped. Yeah, Daredevil's blind. He's blind. Watch that one. My bad. Which one? What do you mean? Well, you have the... Well, there's only one movie. There's yeah. a 90s. There's a 90s version? Yeah. Well, I said Daredevil. I am technically right. Uh, and so, is it Daredevil? For me. I'll give you an extra point if you can name the iconic song in Daredevil. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I just, I just <laughs> you haven't know, seen the... I just know that 2000s Daredevil? Is that... No. That one was like, well, bad, man. Is that, is that <laughs> the one with Ben Affleck in it? Yeah. Your Your favorite... My favorite. Well, I do like him as Bruce Wayne. He's better as Batman. Yeah. <laughs> Next question. No, wait a minute. What, what's, wait, the wait, uh, what's the song? What's the iconic song? Uh, it is by Evanescence. Uh, oh, which one? Is oh, it Bring the, Me to Life? Yeah, bring Me to Life. Oh, I love There's that my song. bonus point. Thank you. <laughs> uh, no, you needed the Evanescence. I had too, to so give it to you. Get that. All right, <laughs> so wait a minute. So Val gets a crisp high five, right? Yes. But, uh, or well, do I have to answer more of them, right? I have three. I have three. That was kind of easy, you know. You only have three questions. And don't jump in. Let's, you know. five minutes. Sorry. Okay. This one's, I'll just, a little hint, this is not a superhero movie. Uh, a common criminal blurs the line between fact and fiction. Isn't that all of that them? sounds like it could describe Anything? every it movie could. that was made involving criminals from 1923 till today. Can you repeat that? Yeah, sure, sure, sure. Uh, a common criminal blurs the line between fact and fiction. Ooh, between fact and fiction. What? Mm-hmm. Oh. Discuss among yourselves. This is a competition. We're not going to discuss. Is it, <laughs> a common criminal. A common criminal. Not so. It's not uh, a high class criminal. It's a no. common criminal. Like a common criminal. <laughs> blurring line between fact and fiction. Can we get like a time yeah. era <laughs> of when this yeah, movie was released? Um, no, 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 no. I, no, I can't. No. I feel like if I give it to you, it's going to give it away. I, I mean, I, I can assure you, feel, I will not know it. <laughs> kind of feel like. Maybe we're in Taxi Driver area here. Oh, that would be... Era or area? Area here. So I'm going to guess Taxi Driver. Okay, that's your guess. Val? I already said Memento. <laughs> All right. Frankie? That's a really good guess. Uh, yeah. Pass. <laughs> Pass. Pass. I, mean, uh, I, don't think taxi, I don't think Travis Bickle... I I'm going to say... As a common criminal, though. Can you yeah. give us a hint? Yes. Another hint, please. Another one. Uh, um, well, both of you are wrong. Everybody's wrong. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it has a very iconic scene in a police lineup. Oh, uh, I don't know. I know. I know, like, I know what it is. I know it professor. is. Professor? Uh, the Usual Suspects. Um, is it? Yes. <laughs> usual Suspects. I haven't I've seen it, but I, rec- I recognize the... I feel like that's... Isn't that the That's a very it? film bro film. That is... Yeah. A, yes. That's also, it's a the, very good film. It's really good, yes, yes. Uh, and a very good, it's very much a film bro film. So okay. that's an excellent, excellent choice. Okay. Yes. I have another one that's even more of a film bro film. Ooh. Oh. Okay. Uh, this is the last one because it's <laughs> running out of time. Of Gone Girl. Horrible. This one's even more Gone concise. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like this competition will be between but Gone Girl the Doctor good. and Val. 
Yeah. Me and Frankie are. <laughs> well, I'll give you yeah. uh, my out of the race. Okay, even more concise. Listen closely. Okay. Yes. Speed is key here. Fast and Action <laughs> is a close second, logic a far third. What? Is I have that no the idea. For that's. That's 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 like that's like that's the sh- that's the worst plot summary. No, it's There's not. No, you didn't anything. even describe it a plot. Like the tagline. You didn't. Yeah, it's, it's a tagline. It's not a. It's, it's not a plot. So that's clearly. I know it. That I know what it is. What is it? Speed Racer. No. Oh, it's. <laughs> it's not Speed Racer. Well, Wait, that accurately describes Speed Racer. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm going to accept I'll, my answer as correct. I'll repeat it once more. I'll repeat it once more. Speed is key here. Action is a close second. Logic far third. Cars. No. Cars. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm gonna put in the. I'm gonna put thirty seconds on the clock, and are you guys can answer. There are automobiles. Gone in yeah, sixty yeah. seconds. No. Is there racing? No. What? I'm totally lost because uh, I'm not a film. Baby brand. Driver. Was it released Baby recently? Driver. No. Oh, then never mind. Mm-hmm. I had one. It one. has one of the internet's most beloved actors. The internet? Mm-hmm. Speed? It is speed. Because it has Keanu Reeves. Keanu Reeves. Oh, oh my, my god. Goodness. Listen to what I, I have, said. Uh, speed is key here. And that's isn't that I the tagline for it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it. There's your speed. No, but I do I do like Keanu Reeves. Uh, oh no. <laughs> Keanu Reeves. Okay. Is it weird that I don't know who that is? You don't know who Keanu what? Reeves is? I live under a what? rock. You have do. you seen the Matrix? No. <laughs> I know. I'm disappointing everyone. Have you seen Bill and Ted's uh, Excellent Adventure? Yeah. No. Or uh, Constantine? Con- no. Constantine. Constantine. I was going to say Con Or how about Bram uh, <laughs> Stoker's Dracula? Oh, yeah. He was Bram also Stoker's in that. Dracula? No. No. Um, how about <laughs> John Wick? Yeah, he was in John, John Wick. Wick. John Wick. He's I saw the trailer, but I didn't oh, watch it. Okay, the, the main guy. The main guy in yeah. Oh, that's the main guy? That's Keanu Reeves. Cool. Kenneth Bronner's much ado so about does nothing. Does no one get a? Yeah, uh, I guess Val gets a high no, five. No, because my own private I'm... Idaho. No, oh, none of you get a high five. Great. That is a great what movie. What do you mean nobody gets a high five? You guys, you have to stick to your word. You have to deliver. <laughs> you have to give a high five to Frankie, Val, and Doctor. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get any. I didn't get any. I didn't get anything right. I don't get a high five. What did I get? You got the second one right. Usual suspects. Oh, yeah, but I needed an excessive number of clues. But I didn't get. I got the first one. All right. Well, I'll be. I'll be dishing out a high five to everyone except Julia. I'll high five myself. I don't need you. I'm good. All right. Thank you for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye. Ciao.